Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, we're on the date with Motherwell's greatest ever striker. I'm giving you that, mate. Yeah, you take that. <laughs> I'll take it, but I'm not sure about it. <laughs> the reason I'm going to give you that is because 38 goals over two and a half seasons. Not only that, but you and Ryan Bowman put 20 centre-halves in A&E as well. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> and I need to say as well, by the way, Preston must be giving him a few quid. I'm loving the trainers. <laughs> a bit better than them, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets kind on you. Right, we'll go on to the old career, mate. Uh, your face, Stoke. So, growing up in Stoke, and then did Stoke pick you up? See yeah, you uh, basically just playing for local lads and dads' side around the corner from my house. Uh, fortunate enough, there was a scout there one day. Uh, I think I, I was actually in goal, uh, <laughs> honestly. And then the, an outfield player got injured, ended up going up front, and I scored a couple of goals in the space of a couple of minutes. And then right. that was it. I never played in goal since. I, I was about eight or nine. Must have been uh, a strange kid if you wanted to play and go. Very strange. <laughs> I'm not changed. <laughs> uh, but that's the way it happened. And then I, I, I had a trial at Stoke under 10s, I think it was. And then just, you know, I was there for about six weeks and they weren't sure. They really weren't sure. Ended up just turning up. <laughs> they told me to go over. I said, no, nah, come again, thanks. <laughs> Ended up just going back. And then eventually I got, you know, got a, I think it was a one year or something. And then just... Carried on and carried on. So you were on. in for that age, t- ten year old, didn't you? Yeah, ten, ten up until I was twenty when I left. And so. you were always that. You always a striker. Always enjoy that. Yeah, there was uh, there was periods where managers had to try. They were trying to play me mid- mid- midfield and what have you. And I was having none of it. You I was like, no, that, I want to play up front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so I was like, no, I want to score the goals. I was always been that kind of character. Always wanted to the glory, as they would say. Uh, so did you go full time when you were sixteen? Yeah, left school, uh, went to in the youth team straight away. I was quite lucky, actually. Uh, I think my first year did okay. I think under 16s and that I was playing for the youth team, so I was playing up. Right. And then my first year, uh, I managed to get on the bench for the first team or what have you, wow. in the Premiership. And did I was, you? Yeah, I think, I, I think what happened, Tony Pulley said a few of a few falling outs, should we say, with a few of the senior boys, and then that left a space for me. Uh, and out of nowhere, I'll never forget it. He just said, oh, you're involved tomorrow. I was like, 
involved with what? You know, and that was it. I was on the bench. Wow. And then, so had you been training with the first team in there? Yeah, I, it was uh, sixteen. Yeah, sixteen, seventeen. I was always if there was if they needed one player, it was go get Louis, go get Louis, go get yeah. Molly. So he must have liked you. Don't yeah. You feel like? Well, the only, the only way I knew he liked me was he called me by my name. Every other kid was youngun. Younger. <laughs> I've never heard him say another youngster's name uh -huh. other than Louis or right. Malty. And I thought, why is he just saying my name? And then that's how, you know, it just progressed from there, really. And how did you find training with those players at such a young age? Because they're big Tough. players at the time, eh? I got kicked here, there and everywhere. By who? Who would have been, who'd have been the ones? Oh. Shawcross? It was, I always remember, because Pulis is very, very particular. He does the same session quite a lot. He's it very organised. Yeah, yeah, same hat. <laughs> uh, and all we used to do was 11 v 11, and I'd be up front against Robert Hoof and Shawcross, and I, they used to just bang, bang, bang every time. Hoof was the worst. Was he? Uh, Hoof wouldn't care how big, how, how old I was. He would just kick me, just smash me from behind. <laughs> Blatant, <laughs> free. Into Blatant free kick. Uh -huh. and I, I, was a, I was a little boy's thing. Do I appeal for a foul there? Or do I, do I just got up and just tried to get him back? Uh -huh. but, who would have been the, who'd have been the strikers then in the first team at that time? In the strikers, Crouchy came, but that was a bit later on. Uh, the one that I always looked up to, and you know, Ricardo Fuller. Uh, he played up in Scotland. He was up at Hearts, wasn't he? Uh -huh. uh, boy, what, yeah. what a player! Was he? What uh -huh. a player! He was a Stoke hero. Still is. Right. Uh, his ability was a joke. A bit of a loose cannon uh, off the pitch. I've had a few nights out of him. Uh, <laughs> but lovely, lovely person. Uh, but yeah, it, it was him. There was Mama Sadibi That was six foot five, strong as an ox. Uh, and then Cameron Jerome, Peter Kraut, uh, Tunjai, the Turkey. Oh, Turkey yeah, he's done well. I had a good Johnson come at one point. Oh, wow. So I was looking up to all these professionals and learning my trade from them. And it was, you know, it was brilliant for myself. Would they guys help you? Bits yeah. of advice? Yeah, they would. They'd always try and give me little, little bits of advice uh, in training. I mean, sometimes you wouldn't have to say anything. I always think as a youngster, you, you learn a lot for just from watching and being, being around these people. Uh, but the pros there were really good towards me. Good. Uh, see, just on Tony Pulis, could he go mad at her? Yeah, yeah. Even at a young lad of the year, was he more? Not massively, no. He he didn't really get involved with the youngsters. It was. But if you were up in training with the first team and you weren't doing it, would he let you know? So so, he wouldn't he wouldn't dig you out because no. he knew you were a young lad and he uh. he'd probably just go quiet and that's when you'd know because other than that he's just shouting. Uh. So if he went quiet on you, you'd know you'd you'd, you'd had a bad touch or something like that. Uh. So uh, he was quite good towards youngsters really, but he he was more focused on first team. Yeah. What's the what's the maddest you seen him go with a first team player? It was a few times to be fair. Uh, I mean, I was on the bench, I think it was 11 times when I was on the bench. And because I was so young, it feels like it didn't happen. I've almost forgotten it. Uh, it was like a, like a dream. It was weird. Uh, but I've seen him, you know, I've heard stories about him and there's the James Beatty situation where it was the headbutt and the naked shower and all that. <laughs> I'm sure that's well published, which I never really got down to the real story. Like, yeah. I wasn't in the changing room, so. But there was a few scenarios like that. Right, okay. So playing with the first team on the bench and stuff like that, when did you decide, decide sorry, um, I need to get on loan, I need to start playing games? Well, I didn't really decide that. He decided that for me. Uh, I think it was my, my first year pro. Yeah, so my second year apprentice, I was in and around and on the bench and I made my debut in the Premiership. Uh, and then the season finished. I think he spent some money then. I think he'd gone and bought a couple of strikers. Uh, I can't remember who. 
and then it was pre-season. I went Austria with him, running up hills like that, which was entertaining. <laughs> uh, and then he just pulled me in one morning, and then uh, you know, as you are as a, a young lad, I'm nervous. You know, I think it was. Is that the first time in the manager's office? Kind of. He didn't really get me in the office. He, he just spoke to me in the gym or walking past me. And he called me in. To, he was in the gym and he just said, uh, I've had Peter Taylor on the phone. Uh, I think it'll be good for you. I want you to go on to Bradford for six months. Uh, you know, I want you to go. I didn't really have a say in the matter. I was like, right, okay. Didn't have a chance to go, or I don't want to go, or stuff like that. That was yeah. it, I was gone. And you just done what the manager told you about well, it, Well, he, he, he was a man in charge. You know, yeah. I'm a youngster, man in charge. I went, yeah, all right, and sound. <laughs> See, just on the debut, talk us through the debut. Did you know you were coming on, were you warming up? Didn't have a clue. Uh, I was on the bench a few times, and I made my debut in the League Cup, I think it was, against Leighton Orient about a couple of weeks before. Uh, went to extra time, so we ended up playing a little bit more, actually. So I was buzzing with that. And they, I think they were in League 2 or League 1 at the time. But the Premiership debut, Burnley away, I warmed up a few times. I think I'm never getting on. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm nervous anyway. I've got butterflies and what have you. And I think it was the last 10 minutes. He just turned around and went, Louis. I was like, I, I didn't move. I was just like, yeah. like, he had to say it a couple of times. I was like, oh, me. <laughs> so I just got up and I was just ready to go on. I didn't start running. Brilliant, <laughs> it was eh? just all a blur. All uh-huh. a blur. Thinking honestly. of Europeans bonus as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we drew, so I got a little bonio. <laughs> it was a family night there? No, because it was away. And it was a night game. I think it was like a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night. I just remember getting off the pitch and all the first team boys coming over to me and shaking my hand, saying, congratulations, no one can ever take that away from you. Get it feeling, eh? I just, I didn't expect it. I thought, oh, the professional players, they won't care that I've just got on. They're all coming up, Louis, congratulations, like, you know, keep keep working on and stuff like that. And I was like... Top man, I was like, oh... And did Pula say anything after your debut? Yeah, just same, shook my hand and said, keep working hard, uh, keep doing what you're doing, you know, all them kind of things. There'll be more of this to come. Yeah. yeah. Lying bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, release me a year later. (laughs) So five, I think five in total loan moves. Yeah. Is that quite unsettling for you? Yeah, very. Uh, Such an up and down career, really. Especially for the early part there, it was it was difficult. I went, Bradford didn't work out. Uh, Why not? If, honestly, I don't think I was ready. No, I do not. I was eighteen. Play every week. I was eighteen, uh-huh. playing in League Two, six foot two, six foot three. Peter Taylor didn't play football. It was long ball, and I understand that. That's most what League Two teams did. And to be in that team, I, I had to be six foot five, or I had to be rapid, and I'm neither. <laughs> so. I just didn't fit in, and I ended up playing on the wing. I'm not a winger, I, you know. I'm a goal scorer, and it just didn't happen. Uh, and then I ended up cutting that loan short after five months. I hated it, absolutely hated it. Was it hard to mingle with the boys and stuff yeah, like that? As well? Yeah, really hard because I wasn't playing, didn't feel part of it. I was living up there on my own, away from family. First time away from home. Uh, just couldn't get into it. I mean, Bradford, great club, great fan base. You know, fans were decent towards me. Valley parade's decent. Yeah, very, very good atmosphere. It just didn't work out. And then I ended up going to him and saying, listen, what's going on here? Uh, and then he said, right, you can go back. Because mm-hmm. so, I always ask the boys that come on, do you think going on loan's a good thing? But would you say it's more when you're ready you should go on loan? Exactly that. I think now when, when you know, the boys are going out on loan, I think they're 20, 21, mm-hmm. 20. You know, because it's all different now. You've got the under-23s, the under-21s. Back then, I didn't have a reserve side. It was youth team, pro, 
So you're straight with the first team. We got rid we got rid of the reserve side. So I wasn't playing. I was just literally training Monday to Friday. And so I had Saturday Sunday off most of the time. And, and because you're doing all right in training, I you was think chomping, you're ready to yeah, play. I was chomping at the bit, yeah. I was thinking, I just need to play, I need to play, I need to play. But looking back, I wasn't ready. I was 18, I was like that. Uh, I was just getting absolutely moved out of the way off everyone. The lower leagues are... Oh, they're brutal. Brutal. <laughs> they're hard, brutal. They? Very, very hard. I think now I'm more equipped to that situation and, and I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, coming up Scotland's helped me with that. Playing in the conference helped me with that. Do you know what I mean? So, like you mentioned with the loans there, I, I went to Bradford and I can't remember where. I think I went to Accrington, Mansfield. Glamorous. <laughs> I, honestly, I couldn't. I just couldn't get going. I couldn't. I honestly couldn't get going. It was. It was really, really strange. And then a couple of injuries, which didn't help. Uh, but I think ultimately, you have to look at yourself. You look at yourself in the mirror and you say, "Was I ready? Was I good enough?" And ultimately, I probably wasn't. So, what one got you going, Wrexham? Yeah, it was strange. I got released. That was a weird situation. I was in training every day, and me and Pulis got on because he gave me my debut. So I respected him, and you know. And I, I was a little bit of a golden boy there, you know, like I say, he only knew my name and stuff like that. And then my contract was coming to an end and uh, people were saying, what are you doing next year? I was like, I don't know. You're just so relaxed about it when you're young, aren't you? You're just like, I don't just know. Just assume you're going to yeah. get an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I had to ask him a couple of times, like, Gaffer, can, you know, what's happening? And he just kept saying, uh, I don't know, yeah, I'll speak to you tomorrow, I'll speak to you tomorrow, I'll speak to you tomorrow. And I never actually spoke to him until probably one of the last days of the season. And he got me in and... To this day, I don't think he released me. <laughs> he kind of just, I don't know, he was just like, uh, really like you, really think you're a good player. Uh, I think it's a good time for you to move on. Uh, but never said the word release. Mm. And I'm thinking, I'd come out of the meeting, I think, have I just been released? <laughs> did, did that just happen? Uh-huh. And, and do you hold that against him a bit? No, no, I don't, no. You know, do you think it was the right decision? Yeah, because I think if I was still there and I was just training and going out on loan here and there, you know, I'd be probably... I'd probably keep going alone and keep failing and what have you. I needed to go and earn, earn, earn my living and understand what it took to earn a living, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I think I took everything for granted. I think a lot you just of people think you're do a footballer, that. but you yeah. know. Yeah. I had everything on my doorstep. I'm from, I was from Stoke. I'm from Stoke. I walked to training. I walked home. Didn't need to drive. You know, I needed to pull my finger out, basically. Yeah. How is that feeling, getting all these fair big club like Stoke? Horrible. It took me a couple of weeks to get around it. really did. What I always say to to people that you know play football and you know whatever they do, always believe it, believe in yourself. You know because you'll have people that doubt you along the way, but you've got to try and prove people wrong. I mean, you get that in every every work of life, every day of life. Do you know what I mean? It's up to you. You know, you've got to find a hunger, uh, and you've got to have the right mentality. Was there a wee thing to prove Tony Pulis wrong as well? Yeah. Is that coming at you? Still got it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Still okay, got yeah? it? Yeah. Yeah. To get back up to the top. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So after being released, what was it? Trying to find a new club. Yeah. Well, it was, just, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I had to start working with my dad because I had, didn't have any money. Doing what? Painting. <laughs> I've just been looking at here. This could do a lick of paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying. Uh, I wasn't doing it that. Well, not very well, that's for sure. I was only doing it every now and again. Uh, so I couldn't get a club. I was ringing my agent, saying, you know, have you got anything for me? I've got nothing for you. Keep ticking over. So I just kept ticking over myself more than anything. And I got to the stage where I was just ringing around myself because you never actually know whether the agent's doing the work for you. So I always think, you know, when youngsters are in this situation, now pick up the phone yourself. The manager would like to hear your voice, not your agent's, not your brother's, not your dad's. Pick up the phone, have that hunger. 
So I ended up doing that, got in touch with another person who, know, who knew A.D. Bufroyd. He got me a trial. I ended up going on trial, scored and we, in, the, in the friendly or what have you, and he offered me a deal. And I did one year there. That didn't work out. Yeah. And then I ended up going on loan to Nuneaton. And then, again, didn't work out. Scored one goal in 17 games, conference part-time. But I was playing. I enjoyed it. I was actually enjoying my football. I was playing week in, week out. But were you really worried for your career when you're only scoring? Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah absolutely bricking it. Not going to lie to me. But it was frustrating because I was playing well. We were in a relegation battle in the conference and I've got to take my hats off to the gaffer at the time, Kev Wilkin. He just, he, I remember him pulling me in one time and he just said, I know you're not scoring, but you're playing ever so well and you're making the other striker score. And I said, well, okay, fair enough. So we ended up, like, we, we stayed up that, that season and I, I got released from Northampton and then I had nothing again. And my only lifeline was Nuneaton. They were the only team that wanted to touch me. And there I, I was no point of holding out for anything else. I just signed. I just went, yeah, done, job done. And thankfully, I scored the first game of the season, the following season, and went on and scored 18 goals. And then I got a move to Wrexham. Uh, the same, Wrexham uh, well, the same manager that believed in me and took me on loan at Nuneaton went to Wrexham. So he took me with him. So that's a, you sometimes you just need to take a step back to take a step... Uh, exactly that, exactly that. I started to appreciate life being a footballer. Uh, I knew how hard I had to work. It, you know, something just clicked, something clicked. I think off the field, I started to take things a lot more serious. Uh, my missus fell pregnant. It just switched. I just thought, oh, I, need to, I need to, you know, be serious about this now. And I, I really, you know, stopped going out really gym all the time, working hard, extra training. And I've, and I've, carried, I've carried it on throughout my career now. And do you think that wouldn't have happened if you had not had these setbacks? No, because I think you take things for granted. Mm -hmm. You take things for granted. Sometimes you need that shock to, to, kick, to kick start your career. Mm -hmm. I've actually played at Wrexham the FA Cup first minute, big striker Taylor. Remember him, no? No. Big striker, ball came to me first minute, played back, then he just came and <laughs> smashed, smashed it. But it's a lovely stadium and it's Beautiful a big place. club, yeah. How did you enjoy it? Absolutely love Wrexham. Uh, lovely place. Uh, the fans were unbelievable towards me. Uh, I've just, I, had a, I had a great time there and I was very, very lucky. I hit the ground running, uh, scored 23 goals that season and then ended up getting my move to Motherwell. See that living right, eating well, going to the gym, what does it change in your game? Just make you fitter or is it mental, the mental side and everything? I think mentally. Yeah. I've never been one to eat the ex eat exactly what they tell you and all that. You know, last night I had a couple of chocolate bars I had a takeaway. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah, I think you've got to find what's right for you as, a, as an individual. Uh, what isn't right for me was going out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. That wasn't right for me. <laughs> uh, hence why my career just went like that. Yeah. But then when I stopped that, and I, stopped, I started to take it more serious. My career started to do that. So, you know, I think you've got to find what's right for you for yourself. There you go, young kids watching this. <laughs> there you go. Um, so when did Motherwell's interest first come about? It was a strange one, really. Uh, my agent mentioned it. And I always think as a player, you always, when, when an agent mentions something to you, I take it in, but I don't. I think about it for about half an hour, and then I'm like, it's gone. Because you, you, you know how much... 
you know, your, your name gets branded about and... Well, not really, man. <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, there's, there's rumours here and there and there's, there's an agent ringing you saying, these want you, or the, an agent I've never spoke to in my life rang me and said, oh, these want you. Oh, who are you? Do you know what I mean? That's what happens. <laughs> that's, that's the game we're in. Uh, but it, it was a strange one. I was on holiday. I was in Tenerife uh, and I turned my phone off because I had a long season. I turned my phone off. I had enough. I was with the kids and I had only one kid at a time and we were away and we were away for a week and on the way back I put my phone back on. I think it was in, on, when we landed I put my phone on so I didn't look at my phone for a week. So I turned this phone on and I was about 25 missed calls from my agent. I'm thinking, oh my God, what's happened here? Man United. <laughs> <laughs> no, Barcelona. <laughs> so uh, I rang him straight back I said, well, you're right. It was early hours in the morning. Listen to a voicemail. He's, the voicemail was, Louis, you need to ring me back. Motherwell's put a bid in for you. Uh, it's been rejected, but I think they're coming again. Blah, blah, blah. This is sat next to me. Her mum and dad are in the, in the taxi as well. I've gone, you never guess what. They're like, what? Scotland? You're like, no, no, no. Because <laughs> we, we'd literally just bought a house. Mine and Carly's house, our first house with our newborn baby, Isla. And we just moved in. We were in a week. And then this call comes and she, we could be going to Scotland. She was like, and her mum, you know, you know what mum's like with the daughters. They don't want them to go anywhere, do they? She was like, no, 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 you can't go up there. You can't do this. You can't do that. I'm like, hold on, let's just have a, have a breather here. Let's have a little think about it. So I rang my agent and uh, it's been accepted. We're going up tomorrow morning. So I got back from all day. The next morning, six o'clock, set off to come up to Scotland and have, have a look around and negotiate a contract. And that was that. Was there any thought to seeing though? I went home. It was a Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday. We came up. I went home and by the Sunday I signed. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come. And why, why was that? What did you like, like about it? It's a challenge, something. Uh, if I'm honest, my missus played a big part in it uh, because we were, we were getting settled in this new house. Uh, I was enjoying life at Wrexham, scoring goals. Uh, the money weren't you know, that much different because I was coaching for Stoke at the time as well. Stoke let me coach for the academy and I was, you know, the money weren't, there weren't much in it. And my missus turned around to me and just said, you're never going to, you might not ever have that opportunity ever again. Like, we need to go. As soon as she said, we need to go, I was like, yeah, I'll go. So the moral of the story is your missus wears the toes as a hair. Well, my missus, <laughs> my missus tells me everything I want to do. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Do you know much, did you know much about the Scottish game? No. Never been to Scotland, never watched a game. Oh, I watched the Celtic, the Rangers and stuff, you know, stuff like that. But never came up here and what have you. And it, it, was, it was an eye-opener, that's for sure. It was an eye-opener, was. Ian Barraclough signed you. What was your, uh, what was your first impressions of him? Straight away, instant respect because, you know, he found me. Uh, How did he find you? Did he tell you that? Yeah, he did, actually. He said he watched me when I was playing for Stoke in a, in a reserve game. Uh, when they did have a reserve game, I think I was 16, he said. Uh, and he, Ian Barraclough had a weird thing of jotting down players and he had a folder like this and he kept it in his office and he showed it to me and he said, there's your name for when you were 16. Wow. <laughs> I said, oh, you know, <laughs> fair, fair play to you. That's quite impressive. Yeah, it? it is. Yeah. I've got a folder like that with Bud's numbers. <laughs> uh, class. <laughs> so, yeah, you got Ian Barraclough for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but were you, were you a bit disappointed September he got sacked? Yeah, I'll never forget because 
I, I was doing all right, actually. I, was, I think I just got in the team, because originally I wasn't in the team. Uh, and then I gradually got myself into the team, and then we were at Morton away in the cup, and Morton beat us, and he put me on the bench, and I was on the bench for that game. Because I, I assume he was resting me. Well, I think he was. <laughs> <laughs> I just got dropped. <laughs> but uh, I come on and scored, but we lost. And then the day after, he got the sack. And that was that. I, you know, I was, I've spoke to him since and whatever, and I've always said, you know, thank you for bringing me up here because if it weren't for him, I wouldn't probably be up here. Uh-huh. See, when you first came up and you weren't playing, how frustrating was that? Very, very frustrating. It's one of them. I, was, I, was, I wasn't settled. I, I was still living in a flat. And I needed to get the, the missus weren't up. The, the, I just had a newborn. She was six months high, there was. And when you've had a newborn, you just want to spend every minute with them. Mm. Uh, and I was on my own and I was frustrated. I wasn't in the team. Uh, and I remember Stephen Robinson, the gaffer now. I was always, I'm always one for putting the work in. I'll always do an extra session, do a gym session with Ron or what have you. I'm all, I've always been like that. Probably because what happened at Stoke. Uh, and he came up to me and said, Keep working hard, your time will come. And once you hear that from a, a member of staff or a manager, it spurs you on and you carry on and it gives you that little bit more hunger. And the other striker, Wes Fletcher, got injured and I was in. And from that day, I never looked back. To you, when you weren't playing, would you go and see the manager? I never did at that point, because I think, I think it was three games. And they did all right, I think. They won, I think they beat Inverness away. And then St. Johnson or something. And then we played Hearts and I played against Hearts. And then I stayed in the team since then. But it was more getting settled. Mm-hmm. And I got settled soon as I started. I think soon as you start playing, you settle more anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the missus came up, found a house. which She was settled. Litland was into nursery. And everything just fell into place. Party time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark McGee got the job. What was your first impressions of the big man? I didn't know how to take him, to be fair. Didn't know, he was very straight-faced. Uh, I think he he didn't he, he spoke to the older boys a bit more. He didn't really speak to you know us. He did speak to us, but not as much as you know Big Mick or Hammy. Mm-hmm. Is that a worry for you? A little bit, yeah. Uh, I remember when he came in, he was experimenting, and I was on the bench, and I think I was on I must have been on eight goals or something by the time he came, uh, and I was on the bench. And then I remember we played Kilmarnock, and he put me on for ten minutes, and I got the winner, I think. It was on Isla's birthday, so I'll never forget that one. Uh, Halloween. Oh, it might be my mercy's birthday, so I might, could have forgot that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I remember playing in that game, and then he started me against Aberdeen the week after, and I did well. And then he pulled me in the office and said, I'm experimenting. I played you. You're pr- I know what I can get. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. From you, you're not going to play with next week. But I know what I'm getting from you. I need to have a look at the other strikers to see whether I'm going to keep them. So I understood that. I always think if a manager speaks to you, I understand. I understand. I understood. I understood that point. So but also a stage where I've just scored. I want to yeah, play. Yeah, hundred percent. I was like, you know, give me a run. You know, I want to carry on. But I understood that point. So I always, I got on quite well with him. Uh, he was very old school. He got me very fit. I'll give him that. I've heard these pre-seasons. Oh, brutal. What sort of stuff? Just long forest runs and all that. Old school running. It wasn't even pre-season when he first came in. We didn't have a day off for three weeks. We were in every day. And you think that the team needed that? Yeah, thing? yeah, we did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were, uh, he got, we'd, our week was, we'd be in Monday, run, well, we train Tuesday, but running as well. And they're running, um, oh, horrendous. Fart like, uh, W run, used to love a W run. Uh, there was a pitch run, horseshoe. And this as well, so we'd, one group of training, one group would be running. Then you'd train, then you'd run, then you'd train, then you'd run. And it, oh, it was relentless. And then we'd be in again on the Wednesday, probably do a top-up, and <clears throat> we'd be in every day. But we started to win. Right. I mean, it, you know, it worked. It did yeah. actually work. It was needed there. Yeah. You'd mentioned the older players there, a good standard. Scott McDonald, James McFadden, Steve McManus, Stephen Pearson. Mm. Was the standard of training really good? Because they're good players. Yeah. Was, it, was it noticeably better than, than Wrexham? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was a step up straight away. Massive step up. Uh, I think the one thing I noticed was the tempo, the speed of play was ridiculous. Uh, I remember coming in pre-season and I had about six weeks off because down south you have more of a break and these only had because they were at the playoffs once it was Rangers mm. I think they had a week off or ten days off and I come in training and I couldn't keep up I, was like, I said to the gaffer I said you're going to have to manage me here I've had six weeks off they've had ten days off and to be fair they looked after me they did look after me and uh, pff, Laz was steaming past me and I thought, oh, I'm not right, he's got grey hair. He's 37. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not right, I need an extra week here. <laughs> Brilliant. Who, who impressed you or the players? Who was, a, who was a couple that you thought he's a right good player? All of them. Honestly, I remember doing possession with him and Big Mick stood out for me. Like Manis, yeah. yeah. I remember him just whipping the ball into my feet with his left foot and I'm like, deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I got used to that eventually when I was playing with him, but I come straight from conference to this SPL and I knew who he was anyway. And he he wrapped the ball in so hard and he expected you to deal with it. You know, that's what he's used to. He's played with these, you know, these fantastic players. And I'm thinking, oh, I better get used to that one then. And then Scotty McDonald, I remember linking up with Scotty. And I thought, oh, you're a player. He right. flicks in the corner and uh-huh. Scotty out my game so much. And I still speak to, you know, a number of the lads now. Uh, what did he help with? Just weird tips here and there? Yeah. Uh, Scotty was a strange one because <clears throat> I think the majority of players that played with him would say he was a nightmare to play with, but not for me. 
he was brilliant with me. And he never shouted at me. I don't know why that is. I don't know why, because he liked me. I don't know. Probably seen something in you. Yeah, yeah, he might have seen something in me. I don't know. And I think he respected that I respected him. You know, I would never back chat to him. And, you know, that's just what I'm like. Uh, and he was always trying to help me. I think it's because we were so close together and we played two up top. Uh, and I think we were on the same, the same wavelength quite often. What about McFadden? He's obviously he's a hero at Motherwell. He was a joke. He was a joke. I remember, I think he was, when I first came, he wasn't registered as a player. I think he was trying to go to the MLS. Right. So he was just coming in every now and again and training and what have you. They had to tell him to stop training because he was taking the mick out of us. <laughs> he, I'm not lying to you. He was walking past us. But Vaddy like, wasn't rapid, wasn't quick, but he'd like use his body in a way that I've never seen anyone use a body. And I couldn't get the ball off him. He'd protect the ball. Like, and like, he'd just score from anywhere. And I'm thinking, oh my God. I remember like, my first couple of days, I went, I went to one of the lads and said, who's that? Because like, I watched him train. I went, who's that? Because I didn't recognise him. And I thought, he's like, oh, James. I was like, what? Like, is he signing? Uh-huh. I was thinking, I'm never going to get a game here. <laughs> no, <laughs> that weren't in the contract. Well, thankfully, he didn't sign until quite late on. Right, not all. just ability-wise, but they players more demanding on you in training and games. Yeah, yeah, they've 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 got a culture of winning. They've got a winning mentality, even in training. Always used to all be young, and I was obviously on the young side, and I was trying to rally our young lads to try and beat them, and we never really beat them up until. Probably my last year or my second year, we started to beat them then because Laz was getting older and Mick was getting older. But their mentality probably rubbed off on you so yeah, much that exactly you, so, like, yeah. you just took that into the yeah, games as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the younger, the younger lads started to get more confident uh, and the older lads' legs were going, thankfully. <laughs> and they, they hate that you were beating them? Yeah, they? hated it. <laughs> Scotty would throw his toys out of the pram. Oh, he'd hate it. Would there ever be oh, he'd hate r- it. rolling about? Just going mad. Effing <laughs> and blinding. Brilliant. Uh, you finished top scoring your first season. What, when, did it, when did it start to really click for you? I think as soon as I got a run of games. Uh, I think that's really important to play, you know, have a run of games at it. Uh, and belief more than anything. I remember I didn't score in my first two. I think I scored in my third. St. Johnson away was my first goal. Got a tap in. And the belief from everyone, the fans, the management, the players I was playing with, Everyone around the club kind of believed in me, and it was just—it gave me like a confidence boost, really. And I thought I'm going to score. I just knew I was going to score, and I knew it was going to work. As soon as I was playing, and I worked hard, and I carried on to to work hard. I just knew it was going to click. I've heard you talking about the club and how much you love the club and the fans. Was there a lot of help for you when you were saying you were unsettled? And yeah, that's the one thing that goes a long way and people don't realise. Karen, the second, you know, she works in the office and Karen's unbelievable. For any new person that comes into that club, instantly you, Karen's the one to go to. She'll find your house. Uh, she'll just look after your, your missus. You, you know, my missus got flowers when the baby was born. Little things like that go a long way. And it goes and unnoticed as well. It goes people unnoticed. See that say, but yeah. Everyone at, at that football club, the kit man Aldo, everyone in that backroom staff, everyone around the stadium, is just unbelievable towards you. And when you, you know, I was English coming up to Scotland, it was quite daunting. Like, I didn't know what to expect. But all these people were so friendly towards me and they were so keen to get me settled. It just meant a great deal to myself. And I felt like I had to repay them. I had to repay them. 
That stuff goes just as long away as the football side of things. Exactly. Really, didn't I, it? I think also away from Motherwell, the area I was living in, I loved it. I think going and coming into Glasgow and Edinburgh and everyone I spoke to was so friendly. I've never, I've never had a bad word to say about anyone up here, and I still, I still say it now. I mean, I'm up here visiting now, and I just love the place. And before I come here, I'd never been here. It's I'll crazy. take yeah a few places that you'll not enjoy. You finished the top six your first year. Next season was about a relegation battle. Yeah. What changed? I don't know really. It was a strange one. I think. Did we get a little bit too comfortable? Maybe. Uh, I think Mark McGee. Um, we stopped. It was a strange one. We stopped doing the running and stuff like that because he felt as though when he first came in, he needed to stamp his authority and we needed to fear Mark McGee. That's how he went about his business, and I think it worked. But then the season after, we were all very, very, very friendly with him. Uh, too comfortable, maybe. Maybe too comfortable. I mean, I don't know whether that affected the performances on the pitch. I'm not sure. I always think, I remember at the time, I remember thinking, we, when we finished in the top six, we found a way of playing. It was 4-3-3, me, Scotty, Marvin Johnson up front. And he used to say to us three, go anywhere. As long as you recover in one of your slots, doesn't matter if Louis's on the right, Scotty's on the left, Marvin's up front, you three go anywhere. You will win the game for us. But when you haven't got the ball, get back in. And then the following season, Marv got sold, so that killed that one. We couldn't find a way of playing. We just couldn't. One week we'd play three at the back, the next we'd play 4-4-2, four, four, the next we'd play 4-3-3. Three, three. We, we just could not get in a rhythm. And I think that was partly down to injuries and Marv got sold and we never really got a replacement. Is that tough when you're at a club like Motherwell when you lose a good player and you didn't have the resources to bring another one in? Yeah, yeah, very, very. We couldn't replace him and he did so well and he assisted a lot of my goals. And I remember a lot of people saying, you're not going to score as many goals. Now Marvin's gone. I scored more, actually. <laughs> I've said that to him since. I still speak to him. Brilliant. Uh, so when did, you, when did you see the writing on the wall for Mark McGee? When did you think his time was up? Did you know it was coming? Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know, really. I think the Aberdeen one where I think we lost 7-2. It was not nice. And then he got sent to the stands and what have you. And he was flipping with that fan. Mm-hmm. I think he lost his head a little bit, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think... He, I think the writing was on the wall as soon as that happened, really. Could he, could he go off his nut as well, Mark McGee? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, a scary guy. It was a strange one because, to the public, very stone-faced, very aggressive, very hard man. In the changing room, yeah, he did it a few times, don't get me wrong, but he also had a very, very clever approach. Very good man management. Very, very clever on what he did and how he, how he got his point across. Mm-hmm. Good. good. Okay, uh, Stephen Norberson was already there as a coach. Did the boys think he had any chance of getting a job? Robbo was a coach under Ian Barraclough and then went to Oldham as a gaffer and then we didn't have did we not have an assistant manager for a while or something Faddy got it didn't he Faddy that was it Faddy got it so Faddy got it and then uh, I remember the boys uh, because Mark McGee's not one for doing possessions and uh, passing drills Mark McGee's an old school manager who will do Boxes and games, boxes and games, boxes and games. That's what it was probably like in his time. Uh, football's moved on a little bit. You know, players like to do a little bit different now. And one thing with Stephen Robinson, he can put on a very, very good session. He's very, Coaching good, yeah, is it? Uh-huh. very good, very good coach. Attention to detail, really good. Where Mark McGee was more of a, a Saturday manager. He was more of a, 
this is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to beat them. Where Stephen Robinson was doing that in the week, Mark McGee would do it on a Friday and a Saturday. So some of the boys, I remember calling for Robbo to come back because he'd been, he left Oldham. And I remember some of the lads were trying to get him back in and to coach. And there was a bit of conflict at the time between the players and Mark, B Mark McGee because the players are obviously disrespecting Mark McGee by saying they wanted Robbo to come back. Uh, but eventually he came back and I actually think the results start to pick up because, you know, it was back to how we were working before. Uh, you know, Stephen Robinson was doing a lot of the coaching. Mark McGee was stepping in when he needed to to get his points across. And I felt that's the way, that's the best way it worked. So Stephen Robinson, a technical that wants to make you better as well, not just about the results on a Saturday, he wants to make you a better player. Yeah, exactly that. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that in, in football quite strange that that doesn't happen enough. Uh, I, that was one of the good things when I came to Scotland with Stephen Robinson being here. He was still trying to progress me as a player. And I always felt there's, there's quite a lot of managers now that just don't try and develop. They just want you to just carry on the way you're doing. And as a player, you want to just keep developing. And I think that's what he does well. Uh, so were the boys happy when he got the job, the manager's job? Yeah, I think he was caretaker for a couple of games <clears throat> and did well. I think we beat Kilmarnock. Uh, I wanted him to get the job. That's for sure. Uh, I was calling him for, to get the job because he was very organised, new. I think, like I touched on before, we, we were not sure of how to play, like what, whether we were playing short, whether we were going long, what formation we were playing. We weren't sure. Robinson came in and he put all that to bed. We're playing 3-5-2. We're, we're playing off the strikers. That's how we're going to win. Well, uh, and that's, that was successful for us. In a relegation fight at that time, so you needed a style of play, but... Unless you're the best lad in the world, there's no way you knew anything about the, the Lanarkshire derbies, did you? Well, no, I didn't, no, up until I came up here. Uh -huh. and then, Could you believe how intense they No. No. I remember the, like the first couple, and the talk was, we haven't, in the papers, and, and lads would go off in the chain room and said, uh, for <laughs> far too long, uh, they've got the run over us, because I think they were beating Motherwell quite often. And we never beat them in seven or something like that. And then I was thinking, right, there can't be much in this. Like, and then we ended up playing them. I think we beat them. And then when when I when I was up here, the, the record against them was really really good. And it was a strange one. But the tempo of the game, oh, there weren't much football played. That's for sure. So Laz was a player, and it was him who did he bring everyone together and said, yeah. "You need to start winning these derbies." Yeah, Laz, yeah. Is that the type of captain Laz was? Exactly that. Exactly that. That's that's exactly when I realised how big of a derby it was when. All the boys started going on it, and Laz and the manager was, you know, saying things like that. And then I seen our fan base because I think it was at Hamilton the first one, and we had more fans than them. And I was thinking, wow, this is this is this is real. This and the atmosphere is brilliant. Proper derby. Yeah. What was your favourite one to play? In? You got one that stands it. Well, when I scored four, that's up there. That's <laughs> got to be up there on a personal <laughs> note. But the, I'm got to say that just from personal, but. The one that always sticks in my mind is the we were one 0 down. We had ten men, and I scored last minute, and we drew one one, and it felt like a win. It was unbelievable. Did knee slide on Astro turf. I mean, knees were hanging off for, <laughs> for weeks, but that was the one that oh, it just pumped everyone up. And I think it was a must, must, must win or must. We needed a point. We needed something because we were struggling. But I went top scorer again that year. There must have been clubs sniffing about in the summer. Yeah. Uh, Never. I think if you get caught up on people watching and 
I think you start playing terrible. I honestly do. I think if you start thinking about who's watching, who's in the crowd, you start trying to try too hard and it just wasn't work. I just tried to put it to the back of my mind. But was there clubs interested? Um, my, my agent would tell me things if I asked him, but if I didn't ask him, he wouldn't tell me. So were you not looking to get a move at that stage? Did you feel like you still had development to do it? I don't know. I just wanted to carry on enjoying my football and that's what Moval allowed me to do. Just on the derbies and obviously the relegation battle that we spoke about, who, who was the real hard, the guys that you can rely on in the derbies that would always show up and... And the guy was Laz. Yeah, yeah, the older boys, uh, they were so passionate about it and that rubbed off on all us, if I'm honest. I remember the relegation one that we had to win, I think it was, because it was the second <coughs> second from last game of the season. Uh, and I scored with my shoulder. <laughs> okay. I almost tried to head it and it just hit my shoulder and went in. Uh, and that was a must-win game. That, that was up there with one of the best results against them. But them older boys just... Just like in the changing room before the games and just got us so riled up for them games. It was brilliant. Great. Uh, on to the cup finals. Uh, League Cup final, semi-final against Rangers. Do you fancy yourself going into it? Yeah, did, yeah. Did you fancy you always fancy yeah. yourself, yeah? Yeah. Why? I think because they writ us off so much. I think that helped us. I don't know whether they writ us off as, as, as Rangers themselves, but the press did, that's for sure. We had pin-ups in our dressing rooms of what the, the papers were saying. They, I think it was... Really? So that happened? Yeah, 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 it happened. I think there was something out there that the audio was selling. They were advertising Celtic Rangers final. I'm sure that was one of the things. And we all, we, we, we caught wind of that. And we had it up in the, in the dressing room. No one had to say anything. Because you'd come in in your morning and you'd look at that and you'd go, oh my God. Like, we were like that. Couldn't kind of wait we for We just that, couldn't wait for the game. Uh, you, you seemed like you were up for the game. Oh, See that physical side of you, was yeah. that a tactic? Uh, we never said we're going to do this, do that. We knew what we were, and that touched. I touched on that earlier, where we didn't know what we were previously. Mm-hmm. The gaffer came in and realised what we were good at, and we stuck to that. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Getting people's faces, but that's football, isn't it? People, yeah. I always hear yeah. people saying about mother rather too physical, but football is physical. Football's, a, you know, it's contact sport. And they've got better players than you. You need to find a way to beat them. Exactly. And that was Stephen Robinson's way. Well, we were never going to out outplay them. them we weren't better individuals as them so we've got to find a way of beating them our way and what we're good at if they tried to go long like we would they would they would lose yeah but their way of playing was playing and we we couldn't match them so we had to find another way but second goal absolute world is that your favorite goal it's got to be up there yeah it's probably is talk us through it see the ball coming <sighs> well at that point i already scored one and i think it's last 10, 15 minutes of the game and my legs are gone. <laughs> Ball's gone over the top and I'm thinking, my legs are gone here, let's just hit this. <laughs> so is, that, is that really it? Uh-huh. I didn't have time to think. <laughs> I don't know, I just had an instinct and I just hit it. Uh, I had a little glance and I seen him off his line. Uh, I could not have contacted that ball any better. If I do, if I tried that 10 more times, one would go in at the best. Sweet, wasn't it? Oh, sweet as a nut. <laughs> and the sound around the place, and like, it was like, I could, you could hear a pin drop when that ball's traveling over. And I'll never, ever, ever forget that moment. The, the one I scored against Celtics, probably technically better. That was the inside yeah. one at the head. Yeah, and people always say, your Rangers one was better. I always say, technically, I think the Celtic one was better. That's probably harder to do. Just on the, the final whistle, goes. how was that feeling knowing that you were in a cup final? Ridiculous. 
That is a feeling, oh, I cannot describe. Ridiculous. How was the dressing room in the afternoon? Oh, buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. I remember the kit man coming in and just going mental. And the kit man doesn't do that. And that's the first time I've ever seen him swear. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, your format here, 14 goals in the first half of the season. You must have been so confident, eh? Yeah, I was. I, I, was, I don't know what it was. I was just... I don't know, really. I, I mean, I was injured at the start of the season. I remember the first game I come back, and it was at Hamden, and I scored a free kick. And I'd, I'd, I'd not trained, I'd not done a pre-season or anything, and I'd just come on and scored a free kick. And I thought, oh my God, I, I didn't know I could take free kicks. That's just flew in the top bin. Is that just confidence? Yeah, it? confidence, that's all it is. I didn't practice them. Uh, I scored one or two at Wrexham, but Scotty was on them. But Scotty went at this point, and Scotty wouldn't let me have them. <laughs> I got pens off him, I didn't have free kicks off him. And then, no one else kind of stepped up and I thought, I'm going to be a free kick taker here. And I, I came on, scored. I went, I could take a free kick. Buzzing. The week after, happened again. Played Morton at home. And again, I was on the bench because I'd just come back from a hernia operation. Come on, scored a free kick. I was like, oh my days, what's good? Is it like this every week? <laughs> How good does that feel when anything you touch turns oh, to gold? Oh, it was crazy, mate. Absolutely crazy. And every game I was playing in, the night before, I, um, I always think about the game the night before and I was thinking I'm going to score tomorrow and the night, be, the night before the semi everyone kept coming like all the lads kept coming up to me saying written in the stars I'm like what do you mean I said, written in the stars you're going to score you're going, we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll, we'll win the game you'll score and as a player I'm thinking I don't want to put any pressure on me here. I'm not saying a word I didn't say a word I just like smiled but myself personally the night before I scored two and we won the old positive thinking, yeah, eh? exactly. And uh, in the final, were you confident going against Celtic? Because they were flying at the time, weren't they? They were flying, yeah. Uh, we knew how hard it was going to be. Uh, how do you prepare for a game like that? Is there a lot of tactics, a lot of shit? A lot of tactics. Yeah. Again, you've got to try and find a way of beating them. We found a way of beating Rangers in that manner. Was it good enough for, for Celtic? Probably not. Uh, I think they, they were very, very good on the day. Uh, we had a bit of hard luck with a sending off, I think. Uh, I'd have liked to see how that game would have gone if we would have had 11 men on the pitch. Could you just run them close a few times that season, mm. didn't you? you? Gave them good games. 4-3. I think it was the season before the 4-3, or it might have been that season. Mm. But even in that game, I think uh, I, I nearly scored ahead of Craig Gordon, made an unbelievable save. And then Cedric gets sent off and then the game's gone. You think it was a sending off? Mm. <laughs> Harsh. Very harsh. harsh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, despite the loss, cup final must have been a special experience. Yeah, very special experience. Uh, it was a horrible feeling, though, after. Very horrible feeling. I remember the buzz from the semi. And I remember in the change room, we were all saying, let's try and get that buzz again. Remember that feeling. Uh, but yeah, you, you just couldn't, couldn't replicate that. I think because everyone writ us off in that semi and we, we, we managed to beat them. And personally scoring them goals, you know, to top that would have would have would have had to be beating Celtic, and it just didn't happen. Is that maybe your one regret for your mother? Well, that you never won a, one of the cups. Yeah, it? massively. Yeah, done great though. Uh, in the January, you were heavily linked to Rangers. Did you fancy that move? Yeah, it was a strange one because there's, there was the rumours here, there, and everywhere, and I'm on social media and I read stuff and what have you, and it was just flattering. Really, I was buzzing, you know. You know, a big club like that wanted me. I was buzzing. I was thinking, you know... How much am I going to let, get? Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, nothing ever come of it. 
you know, I, I believe there was interest. Uh, well, I believe there was interest of a number of clubs in the SPL as well as down south. Uh, and it just shows to be, I ended up at Preston. Is it, do you just get to a stage where you think financially for my family, I need to move on now? Yeah. Uh, I think in, in, in this career, you've got to try and earn as amount, um, the amount of money as possible as you can just because it's such a short career. If I was single and I was on my own, uh, I probably wouldn't care about that. But I need to feed my kids. I need to pay my mortgage. Uh, you know, that's the life we live in. Uh-huh. So why Preston then? What was it about Preston that you liked? Uh, to be fair to Alex Neal, he was quite uh, thorough. He, he sounded like he really wanted me. Uh, spoke to him a number of times on the phone and he expressed, you know, how, you know, he was there at Hamden both times. He'd come up to Motherwell to watch me. You know, he's shown a real interest in me. And I thought that, you know, fair play to him. He's travelling up, you know, he's, he has got family up here. But <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, he was showing a real interest and he was making the effort. Uh, so, you know, it ended up being Preston. Mate, I've absolutely loved listening. It's been brilliant. I just want to know, after football, what we're thinking? Because you seem like you've got a good head on your shoulders. Coaching? Yeah, coaching. Managing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do... Uh, I've done my B licence. Uh, I want to try and do a few coaching badges. You know, probably not yet. Probably in a, a, a year or two. So that's something I'm quite keen on doing. And just finally, sum up your time at Motherwell for us. Well, I could... You know, Motherwell was fantastic for me, personally. And my family, my, my kids, my Lily, who's one, was born up here. Isla come up here at six months and, you know, she's four now. So they've lived in Scotland more than England. Uh, I absolutely love Scotland. You know, uh, maybe I'll be back up in the SPL again. You know, we'll see. But really enjoyed Motherwell and Scotland. But a steel man for life. <laughs> well, you know, they were fantastic towards me and I love the club. Simple as. Mate, pleasure. Thanks Stop very man. much. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.